everyone. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 580 being recorded Wednesday, March 25th, 2020. I'm Jim Tannis. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Peake. I'm Brett Van Spruenberg. And we've got we've got the uh, the five of us back again this week. Sebastian uh, had a schedule conflict last week, couldn't join us, but we're glad to have him back. And uh, we're glad to have you back joining us. Uh, hopefully, everyone's still hanging in there. Another crazy week uh, with apparently more craziness yet to come. But but we're glad you could be here. Uh, and uh, we hope uh, hope this is a, a, a source of stress relief and joy in an otherwise stressful situation. Uh, we normally record these shows uh, Wednesday or Thursday night, depending on the schedule. Uh, we do that at pcpro.com slash live. Uh, there is the there at that site is an embedded link to the uh, YouTube live page, but we're also streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash pcper. So uh, feel free to join us live, join us in the chats. We've got a Discord community. There's an invite link to those uh, to that Discord community and all of our podcast show notes at pcpro.com slash podcast. And uh, you can join there or at the YouTube chat. Uh, also, I, I notice after the show every week, there's always a couple of folks hanging out in the Twitch chat. And I apologize. There's, that's just... There's too many chats to uh, keep track of, uh, as long with running the the show and switching the feeds and all that. So, uh, I mean, feel free to chat wherever you'd like, uh, but we mostly pay attention to the uh, IRC, uh, irc.pcpro.com, the YouTube, and the Discord. So, uh, happy to have you there. And uh, if you want to know when we go live, if you're listening to this on demand and want to join the live stream to see all the craziness uh, that doesn't make the final cut, you can head over to pcpro.com slash subscribe. Uh, join our live mailing list. We use that only to notify you an hour or so before our live stream. And it's uh, it's it's helpful uh, these days because, like I said, we we used to do a pretty consistent Wednesday, Wednesday schedule. Uh, but uh, lately, just because we're all remote and things are kind of crazy, it's it's been hopping back and forth Wednesdays or Thursdays. But most, you know, we it's been a, it's been a while since we haven't had a show at all. We, we usually have something for you uh, at some point during the week. Uh, and normally, I also mention the uh, Patreon. We have a Patreon at, uh, or a Patreon campaign at Patreon.com/pcper. Uh, what I'd like to ask you, though, is uh, we, we love you. We appreciate you donating there. Uh, considering the times now, uh, obviously, if you can't donate there, perfectly understand. And if you can, you know, if you have the means, uh, instead of supporting us for a week, go into your community, find a local business, small business, and help them out. Uh, if they're still open, if it's a restaurant, you know. Uh, patronize them and and uh uh you know if, if it's a carry out obviously people are doing carry outs now you know tip as if you ate there because those servers and those those restaurants they're relying on that income and and uh a lot of people are tip based and they're not getting the tips now with the deliveries and the takeouts so uh take care if you can of the the businesses in your community and uh that that's how you can how you can thank us we'd appreciate that if you take care of yourself gosh you're and those are you're far you. nicer than i am also, send all you know. Send five dollars to Josh, here of Josh Tech, Laramie, Wyoming. No, you really we suggest that you don't link it beforehand, but you do you. Whatever type of biological warfare you'd like to engage in, but uh, no, thanks everyone no. for, for, <laughs> for joining <laughs> us. Um, it has. It's, it's been crazy. It's been uh, very interesting. Um, there's Jim, a, there's this a is a PC tech variety show. I just want to mention that before you move off, like what kind of what is what are people actually watching here? It's a variety show. Anything could happen. That's true. Absolutely yes, anything. It's, we're the Donnie and Marie of PC hardware. 
for instance, pe- people watching should could suddenly become part of the show. I mean, they could. It as has, crazy as that sounds, it's not unheard of. Not the, unheard. The precedent of. Yeah. has been set. Apparently, yeah, mm-hmm. it has. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? So now Sorry. I'm all now I'm all discombobulated. Um, oh yeah, I was going to say. So there's a, there's a joke in our community because a lot of us, you know, in the tech field, covering tech. We're, for us, we work remotely most of the time. We avoid social interaction. We don't mind spending two weeks in our basement playing games. So it's the joke is nothing's changed for us, but, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of uh, people who aren't used to that, uh, you know, coming under stress. And, and so we'll have some, some tips. Uh, we've got a few uh, uh, notes and, and articles uh, later on in the show for things to help you survive at home. I mean, I know for me, my wife, who's an architect and goes out into the world every day has been, it's been rough on her. I mean, she just broke down and was crying the other day. I mean, now that, I mean, that fair to be fair, that's because she's not just that she's stuck in the house. She's stuck in the house with me, but it is hard on folks out there. So we hope everyone's hanging in there. We hope uh, everyone's doing well. And uh, you know, if we can help in some way, let us know. Uh, there's been some talk in our discord about maybe doing some game streaming, you know, we'll live stream some games and, I would love to, to try to do that for you, too. We'll, we'll see if we can get that going. Uh, but uh, sticking into the uh, the news, or actually, there's one house. Speaking, speaking about live streaming games, you could watch me play Skyrim. And by mean playing Skyrim, I go around and I pick a lot of herbs and do alchemy. It's really exciting. Are, are you on Twitch? Are you doing that live? or No, but I probably should. Yeah, go ahead. You know, We'll get you the, uh, the PC Pro Twitch credentials, and you can... Uh oh! You can stream. When You're you all in like trouble it. now, right? Um, <laughs> I can one... commentate. It'd be great. Oh, that would be brilliant. Ooh, Ooh, what look, snowberries, Josh? You should go over and pick those. Yeah. Nice. Smash you got like smash them. Two of them. Mm. Look, thistle. Um, Looks like a giant sneaking up behind Josh. Should we tell him or see what happens next? Oh, we we could we could do like a. Uh, commentary, play-by-play, live replays. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, we'll have to get that sorted out. But uh, before before we get into the rest of the show, one quick uh, final update on our video podcast saga. Uh, so this all started last year. Uh, we talked about maybe getting rid of the video feed because it was used by less than a half a half of a percent of the total audience, and it was expensive. We then migrated to a new host, which I had hoped would well, which would reduce our costs, but also allow to keep the video podcast at a much reduced cost. Um, that has been a nightmare. The audio feed migrated. The video feed, we've had problems. I finally got it sorted out. I talked to some people over there at the new host. Uh, we can do video, but it's going to triple our cost over what I thought it was going to be. So I'm Jeez. making the decision, and I apologize. We're just not We're going to can the video feed. You can still find the videos, obviously, at YouTube and Twitch and, and on our site, uh, but in terms of that RSS video podcast feed, that's it's going to go audio only uh, starting now. I mean, the video feed's already a few weeks behind. Uh, la- I checked the last update before everything went to heck with the switchover. Uh, there was 124 people that downloaded the video feed out of a total audience of about 20,000. So, hmm. you know, I, I for those 124 people, I know I, I, if you rely on it, I apologize. Uh, there are ways to automatically download YouTube videos and throw them into a, like an iTunes or something. Uh, and, and maybe we can get an article up on just kind of running over how to do that. Uh, but but I, I do apologize, and I understand if, if you're upset. But we got we to gotta keep the cost under control, uh, especially now, because ad rates with this whole 
recession, economic situation, ad rates went to hell overnight. Um, we're getting about 30%. Like Overnight, our ad, our ad revenue is about 30% of what it was. And hopefully things Yikes. will stabilize here. But it is what it is. And uh, uh, so I apologize for that. But uh, check check out the audio feed. And you can still, of course, get all the videos at YouTube and on our we, site. We look better on audio anyway. It's fine. Oh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we really do. Let's uh, let's jump into the show this week. We've got one quick update uh, on the uh, COVID nineteen situation. Obviously, a lot of things getting canceled and travel on lockdown and states on lockdown, including here in Ohio and uh, Kentucky. Uh, but uh, we'll take this with a grain of salt. But Computex, which uh, was originally scheduled to be in the first week of June in Taipei, uh, has been rescheduled. Apparently, uh, according to the Taipei Computer Association that organizes the show. They've rescheduled it for September 28th through the 30th. So it's a it's a shorter show. It's three days instead of five. Uh, and at the end of September. Now, that might be wishful thinking, uh, I might argue. Uh, even if the situation, you know, the, the, the risk of the virus subsides before September, I know there's just going to be a lot of people, uh, a lot of companies wary to send their, their teams internationally uh, there's going to be a lot of economic damage, even with in the U.S. here, the stimulus bill being passed and, and similar bills being passed around the world. There's going to be a lot of economic damage where companies are going to have laid off people. And uh, like I said, for us, we're looking at ad rate cuts. And, and so they may not have the budget to send. And so if enough vendors and enough press don't commit, uh, e- even this this later show might still fail. It's not unprecedented. I believe the show was canceled during the SARS outbreak in the early 2000s. Yeah. Uh but, you know, the, the Computex is, is a huge event, and it's a great way to see a ton of different companies and to get uh, early briefings on new products and, and just wander the show floor and see comp- small third-party companies that you might not have heard of and, and check out what they've got going on. So it will be a shame if, if it's lost or if, if we can't attend, but uh, uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll kind of follow that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. You guys you, think this is going to happen? You do realize that when it does happen, it's going to be full of internet-enabled masks, which give you a rough idea how much longer time your filter has of lifestyle, and Bluetooth earphones that are also thermometers, and, and smart shades that can extend to protect your face if it detects the noise of a cough. It, it's it's literally going to be the theme when it happens. Yeah. Very As to when, yeah, I think they're smart to, you know, before the end of the year, but not soon yeah so we'll see and uh as jeremy indicated it'll be a very kind of cyberpunk dystopian feeling so people who are into those themes it'll be good look at the silver lining uh but let's jump into the actual meat of the news uh the delays and the shows and everything being canceled hasn't stopped some major announcements from happening uh one of those was nvidia which announced uh, digitally that they have a uh, a new version of DLSS, uh, DLS two, DLSS 2.0 has arrived. Uh, so Sebastian wrote this up for me. I'm sure Josh has a lot to say on this as well. Uh, well guys, take it away. Tell us what's going on with DLS two, DLSS 2.0. Well, the, the big thing with it, and they, they showed a number of examples. There are videos up and still images galore. But the, the big improvement, it's going to have better image quality. That's something that they definitely addressed. And the samples that we've seen so far, and I haven't done A-B comparisons in-house yet, uh, address some of the bigger concerns about blurriness and 
sort of the motion artifacts and the one of the interesting things about DLSS 2.0 is that it's not being trained on a game by game basis anymore. So they it's it's all very technical. I didn't get into all of this in the the short write up that I did, but essentially there is one underlying technology now that can be applied to all titles. So you don't have to wait for a per game training as long as it's supported in the driver and the game has been patched to support DLSS it will it'll work with this um and the other big thing uh is the kind of combined with increased transparency about what DLSS actually is because I think when it first came out because we didn't know what the whole like internal versus displayed resolution was until that 3D mark white paper came out about the Port Royal benchmark and actually showed what resolution the games were actually being rendered at versus how they were being output. Uh, Now they're showing specifically a 2x upscale configurable up to a 4x upscale because now users will have control over performance, balanced, or a quality mode. And all the stills, of course, and all of NVIDIA's promotional uh, materials for this show it in the quality mode which is the lowest upscale. It's a 2x pixel upscale. But for highest performance, you can go up to 4x. So it appears they didn't actually state 3x, but they kind of agreed in the Q&A section with us that it's basically like 2x, 3x, 4x. And it's nice that they're giving people that level of control. And just from what I've seen, at least in the quality mode, it, it looks significantly better. Performance might be a little bit lower DLSS to DLSS 2.0 quality, but then you can increase performance by by uh, increasing that upscale. So, what do you guys think? Like, is this? Have you looked at any of these images? Like the the blurry text, the hair kind of being resolved better, the motion objects in motion, especially being a lot nicer looking. I haven't looked a whole lot at it, but you know, in the end, it's all mathematics, and uh, kind of what we see with our eyes and what is projected and. And things that they've done in the past with anti-aliasing and anisotropic filtering, I mean, it, it it makes sense that they have a way to use math to make these pixels look better, just because you know they've 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 trained them this way, and and you know it it just I wish they could get into a little bit deeper, but it just goes into a rat hole when you start talking about all this stuff, it's, um, boy, I just sound like I'm bloviating because essentially I am, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all, it's all mathematics. It's, it's, it's optimizing the scene when it's viewed on a stinking monitor that is made up of individual pixels. I mean, there's a lot of leeway in there, which you can do in terms of even the old time, just, just filtering, uh, stuff that, makes it look better and they've just taken this to a new level so that you don't have all these kind of workarounds with MLSS and, and, and super sampling and, and, and all these things. They, they're able to get that same product with less computational power because they've done a lot of the hard work in the back end with their supercomputers. And this kind of makes sense. So, I mean, you know, how does an engine, usually react when you throw this situation in terms of lighting and a uh, number of objects in there. And it 
it analyzes all this stuff and it learns how to do it better. And it doesn't do it by itself. I mean, there are people obviously involved saying, okay, this output that this area has gone to looks like absolute crap. So we need to adjust the training and adjust the learning and adjust, you know, our code to, to not do those kind of corner cases. So I, that's about as far as I can go in. It's just, it's just, it's all math. It's, a lot of work on their end. It's a lot of computational power, but it's a solvable problem because, you know, they, they've got this incredibly complex scene with colors and everything, and they're dealing with an 8-bit LCD for the most part that is maybe 1080, maybe 1440p. Some people have 4K, but it's it's kind of a known quantity, the limitations of, of these displays. And they can use these tricks and interesting type of, uh, you know, machine learning to be able to kind of trick your eye into thinking it's a better scene than what it actually is. It's, it's really quite interesting. I, yeah, yeah the, it's neat stuff. And you got to remember that machine learning is all about knowing what the right answer is and giving the machine learning algorithm a target to, to seek uh, an interpolation, as you say, is a, is a classic example of one of these situations where you say, hey, I've got this low resolution scene. Um, here's the difference between where you started and here's where you need to go. And then they must have fed their algorithm enough of source material at low resolution and said, hey, here's the answer, you know, high resolution 4K. Give us a... Um, a, a way to get from one to the other that you can say, hey, given this input, can you get to this output? And if a an algorithm becomes more intelligent over a period of time, they just it's it's had more data to chew on. So it sort of makes sense that they no longer need to kind of train up each individual game, you know, in an, in an interpolation uh, AI type algorithm. At this point, uh, they've probably been able to train, as you can see, you know, they've they've had enough source material that they can train their interpolation AI to give a reasonably good answer. I mean, you can see in some of the fine details that you, you really can't interpolate your way that to that detail. Their pipeline has either got to know the right answer or they've been able to train their their AI to the to that to that point. I, I've done a lot of 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 interpolation stuff in, in my time and a lot of my um uh, research and development time frame was done in imaging and uh, interpolation and decimation and filtering and all that. So I, I feel your pain about digging in too deep on that one. You just sound like you're bloviating. No, not just you. I mean, me, me too. So yeah, but yeah. it's, 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 uh, yeah, what's, what is it? The, the perfect is the enemy of good enough. And, and NVIDIA is saying, Hey, you know what? Screw perfect. This is good enough. It's damn good. I mean, especially that one scene you had up there a second ago, Jim, with the background that had the um, the, the fan because it had a grate uh, in front of it. It had a very fine grain. Yeah, this one. You can obviously see that yeah. you can't you can't get from where you are on the left to where you are on the right simply through interpolation. There has to be an understanding of where the the fine point correct answer is and they've trained their their ai interpolation algorithms to understand given this input here's what the output is probably supposed to be and they've used a large enough data set so that it comes out more correct now and that's good very good what's interesting to me about this yeah right. what's interesting to me about this is a couple of things one that what they're doing when they're training with this new engine this ai network is I'm looking at their materials here. They use a 16K 
reference image. So there's a there's a lower resolution frame, and the way it works is it looks at a full resolution previous frame, the low resolution current frame, and then after training, and it's using a very very high resolution, obviously 16k training image. So the difference between this offline rendered reference image and the the output image they say they put it through the network tens of thousands of times until the network can reliably output i'm quoting here high quality high resolution images so they're they're calling this their convolutional autoencoder and this is all temporal this is time-based and when i was listening to the presentation about this and reading a little bit about this, the way they use motion vectors and how they're actually doing this. Uh, it sounded a lot like it, the, in the audio world, when I was learning about Aptex, which is basically time based compression of audio versus what we typically hear, which is psychoacoustic. It's auditory masking. It's the decision that certain frequencies are not as audible as other frequencies, so you can actually successfully mask them and eliminate the other frequencies, which is how they reduce the size of an audio file from a WAV file down to an MP3. You're literally just cutting out parts of the audio information that your ears would not normally be able to hear. At least that's the theory. Some people say they can hear the difference between an MP3 and a WAV file. Others say they can't, depending on the bit rate. But it's kind of the same thing where with Aptex, they were taking the previous uh, sample and comparing the difference between that and future samples and basically encoding it based on the difference. It was like a, I can't remember the actual term for this, but it sounds very s similar to what they're doing here. It's in interpolation, Brett, you obviously would know more about this. You're comparing the previous frame to the next frame that's been received and then you're creating a new frame between the two, right? It seems like their pipeline has got a feedback loop in it. You showed it down there on the bottom where they're taking that 16K frame mm -hmm. and feeding it back into the network. Their AI is incredibly fast. They've got some really superlative hardware to be able to run all those calculations in real time. It's amazing. Do you know what this actually kind of sounds like? This is the basis of psycho history. Who's a foundation fan here? They're, they're eventually going to train, they're going to do history, and, and AI is going to be so powerful, it's going to be like, you know, we, we can predict within 95% of what's going on here. Yeah. It's a scary Sheldon stuff. Sheldon is psycho-history. Yeah, let's just, let's just burn it all to the ground right now. Well, Now, if you're curious about uh, what Josh was saying about perfect is the enemy of good enough, if you don't follow Janelle Shane on Twitter, you should. Uh, she's an AI researcher that essentially, you know, feeds her her neural nets like ridiculous amounts of data. And it's like, okay, this is a human face. You figure it out. Or this is a great British baking show, which is the one she's been doing recently. And this is what a, a, a pastry should look like. And so she feeds in like stupid amounts of data from it and frame gabs and that. And then lets it go nuts and, and cycles it through iterations. And a lot of what it comes out is just beautifully horrifying. I, you, you, you will see towards the middle of the sector something that relatively resembles a human or a croissant or something, but as it gets out to the 
outsides of, of the net, it becomes this strange hybrid thing that, you know, might have resulted from that uh, Bandcamp movie if it had been allowed to go to birth. So, yeah, Janelle C. Shane on Twitter is, is definitely worth taking a look at because it, it's just shows you visually without getting too deep into the maths as to what image processing does and how th th these sort of learning algorithms work. Is, is this if, uh, if I said the phrase, okay. not a hot dog, that's you know the one <laughs> 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 scroll down, scroll down a bit. Keep going. Cause she does do some serious stuff too. Uh, but I'm keep glad going. You know, keep I'm glad going. you know, you know what I meant. <laughs> so yeah, uh, there, he was Paul Hollywood. Oh, nice. <laughs> and that was one of the, I and think. it's in love with it. Right, it's now decided Ouch. that he's probably got two and a half eyes. That, that's just the way that the pictures go. I scroll down a little bit further, and you can see uh, some of the random humans. Oh, it's just beautiful, and she does explain what's going on. So this one, you know, the AI's figured out a human has two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. Hair's probably on the top, but it's a little bit, you know, not quite sure what to do with the wrinkles. Not quite. Kind of looks so it's like just... Morrowind. Yeah. <laughs> wow. right. You know, that's, you're, that's, you're kind of right. That's uh, Janelle C. Shane, uh, Twitter, twitter.com slash Janelle, yeah. Janelle C. Shane. We'll have a link to her Twitter profile in the show notes. All right. So uh, DLSS, uh, this, was, this was the promise, though. They said, you know, when they announced this, the first version, this is going to get better. This is a... Uh, learning process in terms of computational learning and pro, uh, programmatic learning and, and uh, taking advantage of those tensor cores. And, uh, and yeah, so it looks very promising so far. Uh, there are uh, two games already running with DLSS 2.0. If you have compatible hardware, it's Wolfenstein young blood and deliver us the moon uh, mech warrior five and control will be coming out soon. They actually might already yeah, oh. I think I saw an announcement on Mech Warrior. Yeah, it's there Thursday. Okay. I can't remember which one was Thursday. And uh, but the third got, one's the biggest one. Yeah, they've got uh, Unreal Engine 4, UE4, uh, uh, a development branch is available. So that, of course, will open up this to hundreds of, of other projects and games. Yeah. Uh, so expect your uh, Kickstarter Unreal Engine games to be saying that uh, they're, they're experiencing a slight delay <laughs> as they really tool to bring this in. Sort of like what happened to Unity when they updated. Yes, yes. All right, so keep an eye on DLSS 2.0 and the uh, exciting improvements that are coming with that. Uh, here's uh, some more GPU news, although quite different and a little bit crazy. Uh, we had an announcement today from AMD. Now, I, this was circling around uh, the last couple days. I didn't catch it until AMD made their statement. Uh, but apparently they have had a theft of their graphics IP, specifically relating to uh, Big Navi and um, Arden, which is the code name for their GPU in the upcoming Xbox Series X. And so, MUS3. Yeah, uh, they, they issued a statement. Uh, this is at AMD's website that uh, they had, an, they were informed, I guess, by the person who who found the data, the, 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 the hacker said she was interviewed by torrent freak, uh, which is a, a, a website that follows uh, piracy related news or torrent related news as well. Not all torrenting is piracy, of course. Uh, and uh, 
she claimed that she found it through some some open exploits on some some servers and uh, she has more than what she's released she had released some of it on uh, some of the source code on github uh 4chan and other places have picked it up amd quickly did a dmca takedown on the github stuff but it, it's it's apparently floating around there and she's looking to sell the stuff she hasn't yet revealed uh and i think she said she put a price of about 100 million she thought it would be worth now amd for its part and that's a lot of toilet paper it is a lot of toilet well actually Indeed. maybe not so much anymore um, oh can't even buy it so forget yeah. it uh, Good but, Lord, uh, if, if AMD IP was actually worth $100 million in the graphics department. That's <laughs> sorry, a way to that's think of it. Sad but oh, true. Joke. <laughs> that was, that's uncalled for. That's harsh. We can't look back. We can't look back. We have to look forward to this is, you know, RDNA 2 stuff, which mm. may be very, very valuable. Um but uh true AMD, sony and microsoft have made that the foundation yeah. of yeah yeah uh amd says though that even though they don't know everything that's been taken they do not believe it was uh let's see what's the exact quote we believe this is a quote from AMD's statement we believe the stolen graphics ip is not core to the competitiveness or security of our graphics products and uh, they are not aware of the perpet- perpetrator possessing any other AMD IP other than what she has uh, indicated she has. So, um, yeah, you know, but some of this IP is is so totally blue sky stuff and test cases. But actually making that into an IC is that's a whole nother ball game where you're okay. I'm I'm gonna pay this gal a couple thousand bucks to get this information and then i mean i mean she's she's yeah she may be offering a hundred million but nobody's going to pay that nobody in the industry is going to go even touch that but eventually she may pass it off to somebody else for tens of thousands who knows but again uh getting that integrated into your product getting that integrated into an actual working class ASIC is just many, many, many millions of dollars. And we've gotten to the point where this stuff is not feasible unless you're, you know, Intel, NVIDIA, AMD, um, Huawei, the other big IC type people. Um, We're not going to see who was the glaze 3d people, BitBoys, boys, we're not going to see anybody else like that come up. Um, Power VR guys, imagination. Is that who that is? Mm. They're not going to touch it with a 10 yeah. foot pole. Right. So yeah, it's, it's you've, you're, you're sitting on what you think is a gold mine, but it's, it's fool's gold because nobody's going to touch it. Intel has got Except maybe the Chinese, <clears throat> the Chinese might. Yeah. Maybe the new AMD radio cards. Oh, yeah, but you know, what 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 way? I mean, they can easily and quickly and relatively cheaply, as something compared to this, license something from ARM, and you've got all of this knowledge behind it and layout and everything else. Instead of trying to reinvent the wheel around this AMD IP to actually get into silicon and. It just 20, 30 years ago, yeah, this could have been a big thing for somebody. But now it's just, 
it's so multifaceted, many layers of complexity to get this IP into a working product. It's just not even worth it. I mean, even if you're doing something from scratch and you take this, you're still looking at millions and millions and millions of dollars down the line of trying to implement this. And then you're going to have to go to court because AMD says, hey, <laughs> we've actually done electron microscopes of, of what you're doing here and looked at <clears throat> your your source code and, and microcode. And, you know, this is an exact copy of, of what we developed in, in our IP. And now you've got either the U.S. And, and countless other countries banning your products and hordes of lawyers coming after you. It's just problematic. So I... I don't. I don't think it's a big deal, but I could be wrong. Prove me wrong, please. Well, I, I, I think you're absolutely right that the the commercial viability of of anyone using this information in a Western market is zero, less than zero. Yeah. But as Brett yeah. said, and even and even then, it's 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 iffy because the Chinese, as much, even though parts of their economy are driving much more for an inward, you know, nationalistic approach, they still have to to play ball. I don't know if they'd want to be so brazen. I mean, they, they commit intellectual property theft all the time, but that this might be particularly brazen. And uh, it depends on how much. Is not the official statement from PC perspective? We we love you, China. Please don't ban us. I think we're already banned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. I was I, I was I was going to say I wonder. You know, it depends on how much ideation is really wrapped up in whatever was leaked. You know, whether the what test cases they were they were out there that really sort of. You know, um, embodies in a concept or an idea that could be repurposed. I don't yeah. know. I didn't look at it. Well, that's the thing. If anyone, if, if there is, depending on how unique the information is here in terms of an approach for a, a design, if, if anyone does come to market in two years with something that is even remotely similar to this, it will trigger an AMD lawsuit. Yes. And they'll have yeah. to prove that they came up with it on their own and, but yeah, it's so. But she the, apparently, according to the interview with Torn Freak, uh, she said if she doesn't have any buyers, she's just going to release it into the wild. Anyway, so, yeah. But uh, another uh, quick story we've got here. There's there's a uh, uh, yet another apocalypse. I don't recall if we discussed the this last year, but uh, HP Enterprise uh, has come out and announced that they've got some problems with their SSDs. And this is the second time something like this has happened uh, with particular SSD models and particular uh firmware they're going to implode uh starting in october basically this there's a flaw in this firmware for these uh specific hp ssds uh we'll have it's, model it's, numbers it's here. their own personal y2k yeah, yes yeah. but it's like y2k again because this happened last year uh, exactly. i swear they hired some arsehole from Canon, you know, the one that came up with the uh, printer cartridge has to expire after X number of hours, regardless of how much you've used it. I, I, I it, it's, it, I couldn't believe it would happen, but it seems like that, that might be like, it, sorry, excuse. 40,000 hours. You're done. Yes. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Anyone. That's, that's right. So the, the flaw is basically after 40,000 hours of operation, it just dies. Uh, we, and these are, these are, again, these are HP enterprise SSDs. Uh, there's the, uh, 800 gig and 1.6 terabyte model SAS drives. Uh, let's see. Here's the model numbers. Uh, we'll, we'll have a link also to the HP bulletin uh, for this. So it's it's specific drives only from HP. So from a consumer standpoint, nothing to worry about. But if you're in a business, if you're a person like Jeremy or Josh, and you've got 
people in your inner enterprise that are deploying these, you got to make sure you go and update the firmware uh, because they're like going they to pay for an SSD. Oh, well, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but uh, grab these firmware fixes and uh, here's the, uh, the bulletin uh, from HP enterprise on it. Uh, again, citing the specific uh, uh, drives that are affected and the f- links to the firmware. There is, there is a fix, but you got to get that fix in based on when these drives first became available. They should start going dead. If, if they're not updated, I think it was this October. Uh, so yeah. Fun. But the moonshot ones are safe. And th- I think that was actually the one they sold the most of. All right. Uh, next up. So uh, we, we mentioned last week that uh, as we were recording, people were in the final countdown for the availability of doom eternal, uh, the latest full-featured Doom game from uh, Id and Bethesda. And, uh, of course, now that that game has launched, I know a lot of people in our, our community are having fun with it, and we've also uh, started to see some benchmark roundups, and it looks like uh, it's not uh, just, just like its predecessor. Uh, you know, they really optimized for speed on a wide variety of GPUs, so not very demanding to get a good experience uh, with Doom Eternal. Uh, right, Jeremy? No, absolutely. Uh, this ID Tech 7 engine is really nice as long as you've got 4 gigs of RAM uh, on the card. If you've got less than that, you are going to find struggles. But then again, if you've got less than that, it's time to upgrade because that's a really freaking old card. But uh, essentially, you know, they went back to the point where even an RX 5500 XT or a GTX 980 Ti Ultra at 1080p, no problems. Your average doesn't even hit 60 frames a second. Uh, if you're bumping up to 1440p, gets a little stiffer, uh, you know, a GTX 1070 or a Vegas 56. So again, perfectly affordable cards. Chances are if you're holding off because you're worried about upgrading your card, don't. Like, more than half the cards are happily cruising over 60 frames a second uh, with no issues whatsoever. Now, 4K presents a problem for anything. Uh, and so essentially, unless you're running a, a 2080, 2080 Super, 2080 Ti, it's going to struggle. A 1080 Ti or a 2070 Super will probably do you. And again, this is at ultra. So you reduce a couple of uh, the shadows and other effects. And you're going to be rocking. Now, the, the caveat to this has to be that at this point, ray tracing is not enabled in Doom. It's coming. We, we know that for sure. We don't know exactly when, but we know that it's coming. So we've got no idea what effect that's going to have on performance, uh, you know, except for your AMD card, which isn't really going to care because we're, we're not quite at the point where we were discussing last week about uh, DX12 Ultimate Mega Uber Super Edition, which is going to bring ray tracing to the masses. So expect to see another slew of benchmarks a month or two down the road when we finally get to see what ray tracing is going to do to the performance of Doom. But for now, if, if you're holding off on the purchase because you're not sure your hardware can handle it, chances are it can unless you're on a laptop with integrated graphics. All right, looks good. And uh, we were showing on the video feed the TechSpot uh, uh, benchmarks. Uh, our friends over at the FPS Review have also done a roundup of uh, their benchmarks no, we posted as well. it today, though. They just posted it today, though, so okay. I'd already posted about it. No, that's, that's all right. Yeah. We'll, we'll they felt links. bad, but... We'll have links... Brent uh, from uh, the FPS Review, who used to do the video card reviews for Hard OCP, yeah. and broke it down by category, basically, because there's performance 
limitations if you don't have a certain amount of memory. Like Jeremy was saying, you need at least four gigabytes. There's a in this FPS review, he looks at four, six, and eight gigabyte and up cards. And like Jeremy was saying, I mean the the fact that on Ultra Nightmare, the highest quality preset, the twenty eighty Ti was at over a hundred frames per second. A a twenty eighty Founders Edition was at over seventy, and a fifty seven hundred XT. Now, obviously, that's a far less expensive card than a twenty eighty or twenty eighty Ti. It was still averaging fifty frames per second at Ultra Nightmare at four K. So clearly, this game is not especially taxing on any kind of mid-range and above graphics card. So basically, if you have at least a 1080 6-gigabyte model, or I'm sorry, a 1060 6-gigabyte model or up, anything faster than that is going to be great for this at lower resolutions. I I still haven't even played the 2016 version of Doom. And it just... It's a good it thing that we're... Well, you know, we're, we're, we're in self-quarantine, so you know what? I've, I've been preparing for this with my Steam... Sales yeah. over the past ten Steam. years. I'm yes. ready. have a Steam backlog. Ready for big Steam backlog. Mm-hmm. You've built and a I'm wall still of not games. Even, I'm less than a hundred hours into Skyrim, so I've, I've still got I've still got a while to go there. So what you're saying is you're a decade behind in perpetuity. Nine nine years. All right. yeah, Skyrim. What was Skyrim? Oh, nine years. Oh, okay. Twenty twenty eleven. Eleven eleven eleven. Skyrim feels just like yesterday. It, it sadly it does. So old. my kids don't think so, but for me, <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right, so we'll have links to those uh, those roundups uh, in our show notes, and I've seen a lot of uh, we had, we had a couple tweet replies, and we've seen some comments. Apparently, because there's been a lot of talk about Doom Eternal, people believe it's uh, some sort of Zenimax like viral marketing push, and that may be, but we we haven't been paid by them, and I mean I'm. Have a hard enough time getting the people we have contracts with to pay, considering the economics. But yeah, everybody I've, I've I know has said good things about it. It's it's yeah. it's fun. It, it, yeah. Some people are like yeah, it's ten ten, and then others are like you know what, it's a lot of fun, but maybe maybe tone that down to seven seven and a half out of ten, which is still a good game. Yeah, I mean I think I, it's worth your money. Yeah. The, the franchise in general is just historic and important and nostalgic for yeah. a lot of a lot of people and. Uh, uh, and, and it's I, interesting I never, to look at. I'm not a big multiplayer gamer. I never do the multiplayer, but when I play, and I haven't played this one yet, I haven't had time. But uh, the 2016 game was I did the single player run, and it was it's fun. It had a lot of little little quirky Easter eggs, and and the action was fast. And um, yeah, you so, smashed. Uh, yeah, I think I played it last year. Tear them apart. <clears throat> the comedy is biting. We've got a copy in the PC per Steam library, Josh. So we'll get you set up, and you can. You can stream. Hey, I've got it. I just haven't played it. Okay. All right. Let's see. What's next? Oh, so another game, because this is another thing that came out uh, last week. Uh, or was it the end of last week? Or was it... When did this come out? When did Alex launch? What day is it? I've lost... Yeah, I've lost track of time. It, it, uh, lo- it launched two days ago, Alex. Okay. So this earlier this week. Uh, 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 no, Tuesday. Launched on Tuesday. Okay. So... Uh, and apologies. Yeah. I, I've been struggling trying to understand co- second grade level Common Core math, so I've lost the ability to keep track of time. <laughs> but uh, yes, Half Life Alex, the uh, the VR Half Life game, the full featured game that came out uh, or that was announced rather uh, a while ago, has has launched, and people seem to be really enjoying it. This is again another one I haven't had a chance to personally try. I've still got my my Vive 
in a box somewhere with this halfway move we've done. Uh, but people are uh, really enjoying it. It's, it's highly interactive. Um, I have a movie here. Somebody posted this to Reddit. Um, let's see if I can pull it up. And they're just showing, you know, in the game how just everything. You can, you can pick up everything. You can, you know, throw a, a bottle at a bird and watch it fly away. There's um, markers. So, and- so this is kind of like a cat simulator. You got stuff laying around, and all you do is just knock it off tables. Well, there, yes. there is a this is awesome. um, there is a game play. Yeah, this is a not play. safe for work part. Oh no, that was a different guy that I that oh. I watched. Yeah. Drove naughty things on the windows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. if you're if you're on the audio version, there's there's like a dirty window and some dry erase markers, and the character with his VR interaction is is drawing into. I'm going to make everybody at my work buy this game and do VR, and we're going to have meetings this way. Uh, too bad it's not multiplayer. So never mind. I, I I did see too with with that drawing. There was a, a teacher who was doing like math lessons in the game and streaming it out to his remote students. Yep. So just nice. really cool stuff. Yeah. Um, no, Valve was tracking what people are doing, and they've spent significantly more hours just randomly moving stuff or tapping bottles or playing with windows or trying to collect every single possible item just in case it comes in useful later on to store in their inventory. Yeah. Then they have trying to beat the game. Well, it's, which I mean, is, hey, there's a game a behind lot. this, by the way. Yeah. I mean, VR, VR, yeah, piss off. Games, I'm busy. They've been, <laughs> there's been a lack of, of really deep, really interactive VR content. Uh, there's like little snippets. There's, there, there's some games that have VR aspects to it, but it's not really any different than, uh, just, Playing it 2D, except you're looking in, in 3D with VR. Uh, but this seems to be again without having personally played. Isn't it, like the the record for the most people in one VR game at a time is like 8,700, and this one the record mm-hmm. was 48,000. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, yes. I saw uh, on Twitter Kyle Bennett had posted a link to an article. They've updated it apparently with official numbers, but it was still over 42,000 concurrent mm-hmm. users when the previous best was like you said 8700 for bone works on yeah. steam so just yeah. tremendous interest in this i'm kind of amazed that there's 42000 people with vr headsets and this game but i cuz i'm not even one no cuz i got two i don't have one i'm going to bug them yeah hmm. well it's it's hard i mean the, the, we're still at that stage where vr is uh, VR that you need for something like this is hard to do because you got to put up uh, the camera sensors. You've got to have you're generally tethered. Um, do you, you think this is going to be kind of a killer app of of the people who are really truly enthusiasts of games for the past twenty thirty years to finally jump in? It's like, okay, I'm missing something amazing, and I've mm-hmm. got to save all my days in this pandemic. The and thing by- is that every review that I've read, Josh, says it is a brilliant game. We had so much fun. It is like the best VR experience. This is still not the killer VR app that we're waiting for. Like, literally every single review stuck that in somewhere after praising this thing to the heavens. So it's, I think, to the point where, you know, everyone in the media who's become jaded with the VR stuff, it's like there is no killer app. There never will be a killer app. For the people you're talking about... You might have something there. 
the the guys from Valve News Network, I cannot remember the guy's name, but apparently during a stream, he was showing some commands that are apparently built into the game, at least for the initial version of the game, which included a fake VR command that enabled you to play with keyboard and mouse, at least to some capacity. They said it was a little bit rough, but the the capability is apparently already there, and they they had already explained basically it accepted that mods would be created so this game could be played without a VR headset. So we'll see how quickly that happens. It's only been a couple of days. Yeah. I, I saw that as well. That, that, that would, that would be really cool too, just to, just to be able to demonstrate the difference that the VR experience gives you over a traditional interaction method. But I could, I could certainly see this driving additional people who haven't jumped yet into VR, but I don't think, I don't think there's that we're waiting on a killer VR app. We're waiting on acceptably easy to use hardware. They're just like the Oculus. Um, uh, what was the new one that just came out? The one where it's just it, it's a headset that without any. It's fully untethered, but it's mobile. Hmm. What was it? The Odyssey or the, it came out late last year, but but. But we're looking for a PC, like an HTC Vive, or or what's the new one? The new H, uh, the new uh, Steam VR set. What's it called? Okay, let me. I I I, I can't remember. But let me ask no. you this: Who has room? You know, at least like a ten by ten space that they can fit this stuff in comfortably without smashing into a wall if you stumble. <laughs> I live right, alone, I, so yeah, I, I could actually move things and set up in the back room and be able to do. Yeah, that. but I, I don't. I live with three other people and two dogs and two cats, and it's all. And, and that's, it's, a, it's a house that is built in eighteen eighty three, eighty six, and so yeah, none of the rooms are really <laughs> that big. It wasn't VR right. ready back then. There it was not. Geez. Not enough USB right. ports. And they, you're, you're liable to trip uh, over uh, the cat. There will oh, and we're told it was the quest that we were trying to remember. Uh, yes, thank yes, you, viewers, because I could you. not thank remember you. that. The quest, uh, but but uh, there will always be households and living arrangements that are not amenable to this current style of VR we have. But even beyond that, I think for people who could make the room, just push the uh, ottoman out of the way or whatever, or lock the cat up. Uh, we still need something that's going to give you H. You know, this level. Of, uh, Did you just say knock the cat up? Lock, lock the cat up. On the lock, lock the cat up. Oh, wow. where's my brain going to these days? Put the cat away. Yes, uh, <laughs> but the, the point not, not down. But, but we need a headset that offers this level of quality, like the, the currently tethered level of quality, in a, a truly wireless set, uh, setup without any sensors. Just and, and I don't know how far away we are. Maybe HP, but. Because HP is teasing their new one. Yeah, well, there's there's headsets that do that, but they're they're limited in what. Yeah, they but can unfortunately, do. the one with HP, button. it only lasts for eight months and then it deactivates. Thirty <laughs> thousand hours and then you're dead. For four hundred thousand firmware update or you go blind. <laughs> exactly, and it shoots right. lasers into your eyes. <laughs> but we, you know, this might not cool be the stuff. best. This might not be the best analogy, but I think. First of all, my opinion is that VR will never take off until it's like an appliance. There's there's no way to yeah. it's too complicated to say not only do you need a headset and sensors position uh, you know correctly around the room and calibrate it and these handheld controllers and everything else, 
But not only that, you also need a really powerful PC or you're not going to get high enough frame rates to give yourself a good experience. And it it's becomes cost prohibitive and it's too it's too technical for most people. This needs to be for it to gain mainstream uh, adoption it needs to be a mainstream solution. So I think they, there was hope that smartphones would get to the point where they were powerful enough that a smartphone teamed up with a headset would be enough. Uh, just Don't look at the Google Nintendo Wii, though. Yeah. It, yeah. Look at that, the Wii. The Wii bought a sort of quasi, uh, you know, virtual reality experience to people in the form of a single console with wireless controllers and a sensor bar for their TV. And it let you sort of pretend that you were the character on the TV. And the thing is, it shipped with its own killer app. I sold a lot of Nintendo Wiis when they came out. I was in retail at the time. And by far, the most popular title long after it launched, like a year or more after it launched, was still just the built-in Wii Sports game. Where people would come in and ask for just that game because they lost their disc or scratched it. I, we didn't I want to sell go it bowling separately. with my kids. Right, just Wii Bowling, Wii Tennis, Wii Golf, the Wii Baseball that was built into it. That's what people actually used that thing for, for the most part. And it's something like that. Like if VR comes out and it's got this built-in library of interesting games that are, you know, addictive to play. And the whole thing is really simple to set up and it's not too expensive, like $300 for the whole package. Then I think, it, especially right now, like right now would be the perfect time to get into VR. You can't go outside. Well, you can virtually go outside. You can interact with people, you know, play in a, and online games would be really interesting in VR. Like at some point in the future, you put on a helmet, put a bunch of sensors on your arms and legs, and you lay down in a bed, like in that anime sword art online. And then you're just in this world, like a World of Warcraft type environment, but you're just laying in a bed strapped to a bunch of equipment. Which, you know, that probably could happen at some point. Like the Matrix, you plug in and you're, you're really... Can you prove it hasn't care. happened already? I can't. I cannot prove that this right, right now is a VR experience. <laughs> I think I, I read haven't. this in a William Gibson book. Yeah. yeah so Neuromancer. But mm-hmm. also, don't forget porn. It's going to need to support... Porn. Okay, there's that. Yep. That's, that's yeah. the killer app right there. Probably. Every great format makes true. breakthrough with... It has been made by porn adopting it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I still miss Wii Bowling Night with the family. It was fun. Hey, there's a Wii in your closet somewhere, probably. In our basement. I but still want to hook up to stuff. Let's uh, let's finish up the, the news. We've got a couple of related announcements, uh, as we talked about at the top of the show, with uh, people being stuck at home. We've seen a lot of companies step up, and uh, there's been a ton of stuff that's... Uh, been made free or more easily accessible, uh, certain uh, limits and and things that are normally in place are being lifted just to to try to make the experience of staying at home more pleasant. And uh, uh, one of those, uh, the first one we'll talk about, is that there is uh, at the Internet Archive, there's the National Emergency Library uh, that normally has some restrictions, but is is being, uh, the restrictions being loosened or or lifted. Right, Jeremy? Well, so the... The National Emergency Library is is the emergency sort of ignoring what the Internet Archive has done before, which is that oh, right. they, they've scanned books. And so in order to comply with essentially laws and to support authors, which you bloody well should do because they're amazing, read books, they're great. Uh, 
but they, they, so they would have X number of licenses. So even though technically you've got an infinite number of eBooks, it's more a matter of you've got 10, 15, 100 licenses for this one specific book. You go on, you sign in, and you take it out. The licenses drop by one. Once you've got all of the licenses out, you can no longer rent this book. You can also return it. Unlike a, a regular library, they can also do it automatically so that you don't have to remember to bring the book back. It just goes back after your uh, rental period is over. So what they've done with these 1.4 million books that span art, textbooks, uh, old classics, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, most of the stuff's from the, from you know this past century. But it's great because you've got textbooks to give to your kids. You've got romance to give to your wife or husband, if that's what he does. Uh, you've got the horrible books like Dean Kunst for the people with no taste. And you've got a great selection of sci-fi, fantasy, and other really old classics. So if you, you get bored of listening to, uh, you know, audiobooks, this, this is a great way to grab them. Or if you've got a kid that's, you know, asking questions you don't quite have the answer to and your school isn't particularly forthcoming with reference materials, this will be a great way to do it. So for the length of, you know, the near future, you'll be able to get an unlimited amount of them. So they've taken away that license limitation. Now, the Authors Guild is a little bit pissed about this, which is understandable, but the timing sucks, guys. I mean, this is not going to be a permanent thing you might want to leave this one alone. I mean, on the other hand, you can listen to Sir Patrick Stewart uh, reading uh, a soliloquy a day from Shakespeare, uh, or the what's his face from SM Saturday Morning Breakfast Serial, who's now you know giving out his collection of stuff for free, so you can read the expurgated versions. Uh, what is what is it? Uh, shortened to the the absolute uselessness of science and religion and of Shakespeare's soliloquies. But at least this way, it's not just pure entertainment. There is reference material. There, there's going to be a lot of good stuff in there. So check it out now. And even once this current situation is over with and they go back to the normal licensing, it's a library. It's free. Just sign up, take a browse through, and, uh, you know, grab yourself some great eBooks for the length of time it takes you to read them. Going off of that and, uh, Something that is interesting in the past two weeks is Fox Sports doing iRacing NASCAR and a million people watched it. You're, you're killing me right now. You're killing you, me. You just, you just got the no, I, pick of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Oh, juice. I didn't even notice that. But no, I mean, this, this, this segues. <laughs> you would have if you'd I mean, been looking at the picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do that. Max, we, we can we can talk about this in ten minutes. <laughs> who is who is who is a you know a big F one racer? I mean, he was doing iRacing racing in a stream with uh, a couple of guys who are like you know some some Formula Three racers, um, some ex IndyCar racers. I mean, this was a really interesting thing to watch. Is that that these virtual sports are. I mean, they're kind of about ready to break out uh, in, into I'm the I'm going to have to agree with you here. <laughs> but okay, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, similar we to call that, it I've, tease, people. Uh, yeah, yeah, just to stick around. 
certain with the NHL season, you know, postponed, likely canceled. Certain NHL teams are are running their broadcasting uh, CPU versus CPU streams of NH, the NHL EA's NHL twenty video game. Uh, so there's been some good stuff. I know the Golden Knights, uh, keeping in in line with their snarky Twitter, have been posting updates, and there's been some virtual leagues and yeah, lots of interesting solutions uh, to get around the lack of real stuff happening. The the collision of like VR and and library. Did you guys look at the the thing that happened in Minecraft, where they all of these texts went into yes. this? Um, Virtual space. That's really cool. Do you, do you know anything more about that? Because it's like uh, where a lot of, of states and, and countries that aren't necessarily allowed, quote unquote, allowed to kind of get at some of these texts and things. The my, the Internet finds a way or, you know, they've done this virtual library space in, in Minecraft. Do you, do you know any, what, do you, what more do you know about that? Well, I mean, remember the old uh, information wants to be free sort of thing. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So I haven't seen too much. Of it, but the the idea is that Reporters Without Borders, which is a you know, a, it's it's not quite the same as Medicine Sans Frontier, but very similar in its idea. And they've realized that there's no way in freaking hell that you can scan Minecraft for text the same bloody way you can an <laughs> ebook or anything else like that. And so, if you were to say, you know, spend the time to pipe out an entire book in Minecraft, the, the interface isn't wonderful, but it's doable. And it literally is getting these people access to books that the, for the foreseeable future, they were never going to get. I think it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's so I, cool. I like the idea, but I'm also like for the countries that are, are they're trying to work around the, the censorship laws. Are, yeah, don't mention won't them. this. Won't this make it just block Minecraft servers as well? <laughs> Yeah, they, but kids like this. Minecraft, so my kids will find a way through the bloody firewall. <laughs> well, maybe. Smarter than adults. Yes, they, they will find a bloody way. They've got the energy is the thing. Yeah, it's the uh, the Uncensored Library Project. And, uh, yeah. The, let's see. The URL for that is uncensoredlibrary.com. So yes. yeah, we'll, have, we'll have links to all this stuff in the show notes. The collision of VR and the library aspect that you were talking about. Yes. Oh, I also love the fact that someone is just uh, within, he's been quarantined or she, I actually don't know what it, what they are is uh, they've done a one-to-one earth. Oh, what? Not, not to a serious resolution, but literally like they've scanned it out at, you know, something like a several hundred meter resolution and have done a one-to-one of the planet earth in Minecraft. You can't explore a city or anything yet, but you can tour around the globe. And if you zoom right in, yeah, it's, it, it'll be blurry. Cause as I say, it's like tens of meters, hundreds of meters resolution, not read your newspaper less than a meter resolution. But yeah, they've already done that just in the space of eight or nine days. So, so you yeah, let them be, be able locked to in climb the grand huh. partons. Yes. I prefer the green tetons, tetons, but get it. Yeah. Well, French tetons. Yeah. Is, that, is this what, what you're talking about, Jeremy? The uh, Earth Minecraft Earth map. Uh, it might be. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure out uh, specifically what Jeremy was referring to and have a link there uh, for you in the show. So, 
but this <laughs> is Minecraft. Wow. Please keep this in mind. This is Minecraft. Is this, is this RTX on Minecraft? I, I can't tell at this distance. <laughs> so yeah, locked away for less than a week and you've wow. already created your own universe. <laughs> It's a, it's a pocket universe, if you guys are familiar with uh, yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide series. It's a pocket universe. Yep. Very cool. All right, so, yeah, so we'll have uh, a link to that YouTube uh, video. And so you should never hang out in the plural Z areas. Strange yeah. place. Um, another, uh, real quick, another uh, thing that's been made available, surprisingly, as a result of the crisis is, of course, with, with all, everything being shut down and people avoiding gatherings and social distancing, the, the movie theaters are, are dead. And so what are all these studios to do? So some studios have delayed their films, but for the films already released and the ones that, that can't uh, reasonably be delayed, mm-hmm. they're going direct to streaming. Uh, Amazon and, and there are some other outlets as well are releasing a, a a limited selection of films that were already uh, in theaters or, or shortly scheduled to be uh, things like the new Pixar uh, movie and the invisible man, uh, the latest uh, version of that. Um, and you can get them uh, at Amazon. I think. Apple. Hey, I watched the hunt. The hunt is oh. actually a pretty fun, good satire. I yeah, watched it last situation. night, last night, last night. I watched it. Was, it. it was, not- it was shockingly good. It was not <laughs> ham fisted. At all, it was it was good satire. Oh, I haven't seen it. it was. That of course is the one that it was supposed to be released last year, but it got yeah, and the... political stuff. And so I think everybody's time... politics got got lampooned. Actually, good, yeah, good. It did, it did. It, it just showed much. the people who are trying to. Get, well, I'm not going to ruin it from you. No, don't no, watch it. It's it's watch it. Just watch it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, check out. Uh, the 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 rent the rentals and they're more expensive. I think they're like twenty bucks roughly uh, for a forty eight hour rental. So these 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 films are significantly more expensive than a, a regular release. But if you're consider if you have a family of you know four and you're going to go to a movie anyway, with especially if you're getting concessions, it's a heck of a lot cheaper. It's than, fifty bucks, yeah, yeah. for a family yeah. of four at least to go to a movie. So something, something to do. Uh, if you're and that's just home. the popcorn. Yes. Yes. Um, but you get a, a free refill on the 128 ounce soda. And uh, the final, uh, final note we have here is uh, Plex. We're big Plex fans. Obviously they had a blog post just today uh, announcing a, a couple different things. But uh, one of the interesting ones is that live TV, because uh, if you're unfamiliar, Plex was started as a way to watch your own local video files uh, but then a couple years ago, they introduced live TV functionality where you can hook up a compatible TV tuner and stream uh, live TV and, and record DVR. But it requires a Plex Pass normally, which is their their paid premium tier. Well, because of uh, the situation, they're making live TV and DVR free for three months. So you don't need a Plex Pass. You still need a Plex account. You still need to run your own Plex server and hook up an antenna and a tuner and all that uh, but in terms of the functionality, you do not need a Plex Pass, uh, at least, again, for the next three months, live TV free over at Plex. So uh, that's something cool to to check out there. Okay, so we'll jump uh, into the uh, only review we had uh, this week, and that's another review from Ken Burgess, uh, who's a, a relatively new uh, contributor to our team. He's been doing some great reviews for us, and this time he's got a review 
of a new, uh, you know, pretty affordable CPU cooler from Be Quiet. It's the Shadow Rock Three. This is a thirty dollar cooler. Is that right? Fifty. Fifty. Fifty dollars. Sorry, that must have yeah, been forty nine bucks. Yeah. Yep. 50, right now, so. it's not on Amazon yet. I imagine it will be soon. Right now, they're they're selling at their uh, New Egg storefront, where they're the direct seller, I believe. But it's brand new. Basically, if you're familiar with the Be Quiet coolers, a lot of them that show up in in searches are going to be the Dark Rock series. And the main difference between Dark Rock and Shadow Rock, this is the Shadow Rock 3, by the way. The Dark Rock coolers will have a milled base, like an actual separate CPU base. This is direct contact to the, uh, you know, like so many coolers, like the, the Cooler Master Hyper 212 Evo, that sort of thing. So all the heat pipes are direct contact here. Um, and one of the things that Kent stressed in his review was he was a little skeptical of that because those tend not to be as flat. Uh, but they did a really good job milling it down. You can see the machine marks. Uh, he did like the razor blade tests where he, he shone a bright light and you can, he took a great picture of that actually a little bit later in the review in the performance section. But, uh, basic, this is a, this is a pretty large cooler for 49 bucks. It's on a par with some of the larger, premium single tower air coolers out there it has a asymmetric design it's kind of similar to what scythe has been doing with the mugen series we and he recently looked at the mugen the argb variant of the mugen 5 i think it was and i looked at the the previous iteration of that tremendous cooling potential from these thicker single tower designs and this is no exception and the mounting mechanism was the only complaint he had about this he goes into some detail about the mounting process and you know how it could be improved i i can i agree i mean it i actually don't even really think about it because i've done these so many times but every cooler manufacturer has a slightly different take on mounting and you can't just directly copy i think noctua probably has the best uh scythe is excellent uh, one thing that Scythe does is they have the bar that actually holds the cooler down against the mounting bracket, solder, like connected. It's it's already sort of soldered in place. And Be Quiet's are like a floating piece. You actually have to to line them up. Something that I think Scythe used to do back in the day when I first did the Ninja Four review, I think that was just like this Be Quiet cooler. So you have to sort of hold it in place hope it doesn't slide you're holding the cooler with one hand and using a screwdriver with the other and the screws are not captive screws so that that's really just the initial installation process is where it doesn't feel like a a super premium cooler but once it's installed it performs like a world-class cooler and it's one of the quietest coolers he's ever tested and that was i mean it's tremendous performance for this price point the Fuma Rev B was with it was within one degree of that cooler, and it was within two degrees of the Mugen Five ARGB, which is an eighty dollar cooler, and it was actually not too far away from the Dark Rock Pro Three, which is a cooler that he he loves. It's his, he said it's his favorite cooler. He has more than one, and the the important thing is it's giving very good cooling performance, and the the cooler temps chart. He was testing it with a Ryzen 7 3800X, uh, as with his previous cooler reviews. And it's giving a notable improvement over, say, an AMD Wraith Prism, which is the you know inbox cooler you might be using with your 3800X. But it's doing it 
at a significantly reduced noise level. That was the big standout of this cooler is that under, you know, absolutely full max load with his testing equipment, it was, I think, let me see, it's 52.3 dB versus 44.5 if you're comparing the the stock cooler from AMD. So regardless of the thermal performance, it's a huge low some people would trade off lower noise for higher thermals in this case you're getting both you're getting lower uh, noise and improved thermal so for for a cooler under fifty dollars this i think checks all the boxes ease of installation was really his only complaint if you read the review um very very thorough write-up from kent definitely check it out lots of great pictures very detailed description of of the whole process from taking out of the box to getting it up on the cpu and I'm very impressed by this. And I think they did a really nice job of making it look a little bit more premium with this new sort of brushed aluminum looking top plate on it. So you won't even see that this is not a like 80 to a hundred dollar cooler when it's in your system, because all you're seeing from like the glass side panel of your case is the top of the cooler anyway. And it, it looks great. So I think they did a really nice job with this. I have not had one of these in hand yet. Uh, this went straight to Kent. So very, very impressive performance. And, you know, check out the review for sure to get all the details about the uh, the new Shadow Rock 3 cooler from Be Quiet. This is brand new on the market. Uh, yeah. And it also and taught me that our alt text doesn't work. It what doesn't. alt text? On the pictures? I, uh, yeah. That could be my fault. Uh, that could be the fault of the person who input the review, Jeremy. Well, no, it's just that I noticed this picture when I was posting earlier today, so I added a, a, a little note to the alt text. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy plus alt text on the website back in scares me for some reason. Well, this is the thing, is I've actually been filling that out, and some of it was, I noticed. at least in my opinion, amusing. They're, they're often very humorous remarks that... Uh, Add to the, but the, the little thumbnail of that, and I, I wasn't quite sure what he was doing a review of as I was posting it, so I just popped over and said, World's Worst Fork. Because uh, that's what the thumbnail looked like, was a really, really bad fork. <laughs> I'm also, I'm sort of glad that they're not coming through now. <laughs> I, I, you wonder why our SEO is so bad. I, <laughs> yeah. I keep pushing the index this button, though, every day. <laughs> oh god all right well it tells yeah, me that i write too much and that i write too intelligently no, no you actually specifically need to write a uh, hundred to 200 characters more okay so you, get, you need to get up to 600 yeah. characters 400 400 yeah, a little inside yeah. a little inside the site uh it does definitely <laughs> no, it's just that that the we, more that, that i type the lower words. my seo rating ghosts well, the, the shortest posts it, actually break really 20 sentences <laughs> Well, <laughs> that's 20 is not good either well no but it drops from there that's i think my highest was like 28 um we're not gonna be able to around much longer folks you, you might want to coast me on this because i really don't understand how it yeah, works that's, that's hey right. that review of the shadow rock 3 that we just talked about had an seo rating of 88 oh there you go sebastian that's and i've had a few you know. over 90 i've had like 90 91 on a couple of recent ones so it's all about, you know, relevant keywords, alt text tap that matters as long as you're using your your 
keywords and stuff, but like lots of links. Set your meta, set your meta properly. Yeah. That's I don't even know how to do the, that. The good teach people me. Don't, okay, need never mind know, don't need to know the troubles, but, but again, uh, this is all beyond me, which is why I'm a freaking dinosaur. I'm a fossil. That's all right. I'm done. Josh, so am I. I'm just still a publishing one. <laughs> okay. Silver award from Kent for for the uh, the Be Quiet Shadow Rock three fifty dollars CPU cooler uh, and uh, just to as as we've talked about we have our review disclosures on the site and just to to uh, verbally uh, let you know Be Quiet is an advertiser at PC Perspective uh, but this this review was is not a paid review we don't do paid reviews uh, they provided the product they had no involvement in the uh, Kent's opinion these are one hundred percent his opinion no approval. No involvement there. Um, so feel free to check out those disclosures on our reviews if you have any questions about uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, all right, let's jump into the picks of the week. We'll start off. Uh, my pick of the week is uh, something we've talked about before, folding at home, distributed computing. Uh, the the big project that's going on right now is is fighting uh, COVID-19. And uh, they've uh, had a, a, a number of projects related to that, and it's it's generated a surge in interest and uh they just announced via their twitter a few hours ago that they've uh, the folding at home team with with this new interest in in helping fight this virus has surpassed uh exaflop scale uh operations uh which is impressive you know there are some exaflop supercomputers in production right now none of them running uh or not in production meaning that they've, they've been announced they're being designed but uh but this this is uh uh, incredibly powerful computer, as they say, ten times faster than the IBM Summit uh, supercomputer. Now, of course, there are there, you know there are differences when you have distributed computing. It limits the kind of operations you can do because you have to account for splitting up a project. So it's not everything is this, this isn't the same as a dedicated central supercomputer of this capacity, but it's still a tremendous amount of uh, computing power. And so uh, you know it's it's good to see that. And you of course can head over to if you're not already doing this head over to folding at home. They've got uh, the information set up on, on how to get your system working uh, on, on both COVID-19 stuff and, and all their other uh, worthy projects they have uh, in terms of things like cancer and, and stuff. So uh, it's a good time if you're at home and you've got the, the computing cycles and the GPU cycles to spare. Uh, check that out. All right, Jeremy, you've got something for us. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, MSI sent over a, a few deals. Today, along with uh, a couple of new monitors, which I posted about, that uh, are relatively decent if you're looking for high refresh rates at a, a decent price and are willing to sacrifice, you know, the resolution to go to 1080p. But they also sent off a couple of laptop deals, and one of the ones that actually seemed pretty nice was the MSI Alpha 15. Now, of course, it's Ryzen 2, uh, but at the same time, you're getting that, an RX 5500M, 512 gig SSD, 8 gigs of RAM, and like a free loot box pack and the good old AMD Radeon game bottle that's still going on for 800 bucks after the rebuy card. So right now it is almost impossible to buy a business laptop. So if your boss is suggesting that, you know, it, it maybe you could expense a, a, a business laptop for the, the moment, just because we're in such dire straits, you know, they usually go for $900, $1,000. They're going to notice if you're trying to buy the $1,800 gaming laptop, but this one might slide by. So, you know, give it a shot. And if not, well, even if you're just shopping for a laptop, 
they're in stock, which is incredibly hard to find right now. So yeah, give it a shot. It, it, it's a decent deal and I'm sure it will ship before next February. <laughs> yeah, that is a pretty good price for that. The only question I would have about, about it is the memory, the Ram, uh, it's a little low at eight gigs. Uh, well, it's also the top, and if you want 16 gigs from a pre-built laptop, be willing to drop an extra 400 bucks. Right. Well, what I'm wondering is if, if the RAM is easily upgradable. Uh, it's upgradable. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about easy. I haven't taken apart an MSI laptop in a long time, but uh, I'm guessing it's about 13, 14 screws between you and that. Sure. <laughs> That's not too bad. Okay, Josh, uh, what have you got for us? So if you want a reasonable mechanical keyboard with RGB that has good software to it as compared to other individuals, this is a nice starting spot. It's essentially the keyboard that I got a couple of years ago. Uh, it was it was the G810 back then, but now I think they've they've taken it to the G610 nomenclature. Less than a hundred bucks. It's heavy it's got the rgbs it's got all the things you want it's got cherry mx switches it's not too terribly clacky but it's smooth smooth so yeah you get all the good stuff with this one for less than 100 bucks and uh, 85 for something that works this well i'll take it because it's nice and it feels good you go clickety, 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 but not really super clickety. Which switches do you have in yours, Josh? Uh, I think Reds, these ones browns. were the Romer. Oh, okay. Romer, Romer G. Okay. Back yep. in the day, but now they've they've changed these around so that now they they they're, they're Cherry MX. Uh, if you look at the eight fifteen, it's now a hundred and seventy nine dollars. Yeah, it's just too much, but you know, it's a nice keyboard, I guess. But for eighty-five bucks, I'd be willing to take this easily. Yep. All right, that's the that's the Logitech G six ten Orion uh, red switches backlit mechanical gaming keyboard. Uh, we're showing the Amazon link here. Uh, it's uh, currently priced at eighty-five thirty-two. Uh, now, of course, as you know, Amazon and and a lot of companies having issues with shipping. Uh, they've been prioritizing other more essential supplies. So it's telling us here that it will be delivered, at least if I were to order it here on Saturday. Not sure. You're going to have to check that out. I've had a lot of examples recently where I've I've had a delivery date on the listing page. But when I go to check out, it tells me a month from now. So uh, if you can yeah. get it, if you can get it, that's great. Okay, Sebastian, what have you got for us? You know, peeps, peeps got to get their toilet paper, yo. Yes. Oh, you can't though. I don't think you Amazon can't. has any toilet paper. No, Peeps no, still I around. Still down. Peeps are Peeps are still around though. Well, but you it's can't not even Easter yet. With them. You, no, that was an old frog. You could. You could, but it's a little granular. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. It's sticky. Makes it, it might ants. make it worse. And yeah. You don't want. You could always just stick and then peel, though. Like if you wait long enough. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sebastian, it's, not, it's a it's a comfort thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, my pick also available on Amazon, at least as far as I know. This is something I got fairly recently. It's if you 
familiar with the company 8BitDo. I think it's how it's pronounced, 8BitDo or 8BitDo. They make these retro-inspired controllers. The majority of them are wireless, and I actually have these for all of my little retro consoles like the NES Mini, SNES Mini, and and so forth. This is a wired controller. It's a USB wired controller. Yes, you can use it with the Nintendo Switch. A lot of people are. If you read the reviews, they buy it for that purpose. It's only 25 bucks. Very nice build quality. I've used that 8-bit dough stuff before. I wanted just a simple USB controller that had analog joysticks to give me more flexibility when doing emulator stuff on a PC. What's interesting about this one is they don't advertise it this way, but it actually... It only works in Windows. I don't know of a, a way to get it working on a Mac, unfortunately, for the Mac inclined. But on Windows, it just presents itself to Windows as an Xbox 360 controller. And so it works with anything that supports the Xbox 360 controller, which is just about every emulator program. It works on a Raspberry Pi. Um, and very, very good support. This It looks like an SNES controller. It has that kind of look to it. But it also has the two analog sticks in the DualShock configuration. So the two down uh, bottom middle. And then it has R2 and L2 buttons as well as the regular shoulder buttons. So you can use it for anything that requires a PlayStation style controller, any kind of dual analog stick. And of course, you can use it as an Xbox 360 type controller as well, even though, of course, the configuration is slightly different because it has the dual shot configuration for those analog sticks. But anyway, I'm very impressed by it. It has vibration as well. I forgot to mention, but for $25, it's, it's very nice. It's about the price of a used Xbox 360 USB controller. Those go for about 20, 25 bucks and no complaints at all, except for the fact that it is not recognized at all on a Mac when I plugged it in and tried to use it with uh, open EMU on the Macintosh side. So bear that in mind. Yeah, that's a shame. Now, did, did you, are you on Catalina on the Mac side? No, absolutely not. Okay. Cause that, that introduces, even if it does work, you have to like ran it input permissions now because they're locking down everything. Oh, lovely. See, so. th- there's so many reasons why I don't think I will ever run Catalina. Mm-hmm. I will go strictly Linux before I, I do that. Cause Mac had been my like anti windows 10 move since I could still run Adobe applications and Catalina's, I don't know. Well, it's yeah, another it's, discussion. It's no good. So that's the 8-BitDo SN30 Pro USB gamepad, uh, $25. Uh, as we were saying, though, uh, with this one, they're saying, at least again, delivering to my uh, zip code, not available to Wednesday, April 22nd. Uh, yeah. So yeah. They're just, no it's like a built-in one-month delay for non-essentials, I guess. Uh, okay, uh, well, uh, Josh ruined it for you, Brett, but go ahead and give it a shot. What have you got for it? No, I was going to roll in with the whole, hey, for the first men- time mentioned on uh, this podcast would be the uh, the new uh, racing series that has uh, just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I ruin uh, everything. Let's just go to that. <laughs> Josh ruined everything. Or you try the title of the book. Today. Title of a book, a short story, a movie, things you read uh, mm-hmm. to your kids to put them put them to sleep at night. Josh ruins everything. What he ruined today was uh, this uh, review talk about uh, the broadcast of the virtual race series, which was actually very exciting, very well attended. And as Josh was honestly really talking about very legitimately, is that it portends very well for uh, the potential of these sorts of esports 
Um, and the participants that were in it were very impressive. They came from many different, quote unquote, walks of racing, uh, truck uh, racing, NASCAR, um, different series. They all came together. There were some people who participated in this recent race that came out of retirement uh, to actually do this. I think I can't remember how many were actually in the race. It was um, the most recent one. Uh, that was just a couple of days ago was uh, one by the same uh, guy. Uh, what was his name? Denny uh, Hamlin or something. I think that's his name, Denny Hamlin. He really won the actual race down there at uh, the Homestead track in Miami. And that was what they virtualized in this iRacing scenario. I think they're playing in some of the hardware is really fascinating. Uh, there's some pictures of it, some videos. I, I suggest you guys check it out. Some of the hardware they're playing on is, um, I think, some iRacing gear, and I heard say something like up to forty grand worth of uh, feedback, uh, haptic feedback, multiple screens, two, three screens, so you can turn your head and kind of see what's going on. Yeah, there you go. <clears throat> some of that stuff uh, going on there, and some of the um, a lot of the ones that I had seen pictures of where they were actually in a uh, a full cage. Because I believe that their seat and everything had uh, tilt and um, sort of uh, gravity uh, and um, and centripetal uh, force uh, feedback. So not only were they getting feedback through the wheel, probably like in in that um, picture you have up up there right now, but they were actually feeling it, you know, in the seat of your pants. Because that's actually the way you you, you know you sort of drive a car uh, at the edge uh, under racing conditions is you sort of drive it by feeling your butt in many many cases that the way that um, the car is kind of racing around you. You can sort of feel it. So this is actually uh, very impressive. It was very well attended. And Fox is actually going to pick up the entire series now. So that's what's uh, happening. What do you guys think about that? It's, uh, it's about yeah, time. It's interesting. Yeah. I, it makes me want to break out my old Momo force feedback uh, wheel. With uh, the, yeah. I've got pedals. Yeah, I have a couple oh, of them. Man. I used to race head-to-head with them on a couple of very significant, uh, very cool virtual races. It was they had, it was a force feedback wheel. I had the uh, shifter bolted to the desk, and I had uh, special reinforcements on my desk because I've actually torn them apart by pulling on the wheel so hard. <laughs> I, actually t- I actually broke the clamp on them, and I had to reinforce it with metal and screw it back to the desk. And I had some special pieces of wood that I used to put on the desk and bolt everything together and we were so into it. He did it for a long time. That was why when they did this series and that's why I pulled it up as my pick of the week. Cause I thought it was so cool. It, it was, it's, I, I can't, I can't wait for the coming of our, our VR esports. I mean, you know, what happened to the vice on the in, work table? Oh my God. Exactly. Why is there a big chunk shown, uh, chewed out of the front of the desk? What did you have bolted here? What happened? You know, um, the racing wheel. 30 years ago or so, maybe more. I think it was in middle school. <clears throat> it was a short story, science fiction, The Last Super Bowl, because all of the virtualized uh, AI sports had taken over. Because who didn't want to watch like the 1968 Green Bay Packers against the 1986 Chicago Bears? And so <laughs> the sports series turned into. You know, they, they simulated everything and they put in a bunch of variables and they had games versus, you know, of, of these these historic teams against each I other. I was right. And it ah. actually and it actually was, it was more popular than what? It was George R. R. Martin. Was ah. it? Yes. Good luck. Because as soon as you mentioned that, I thought that's what it was, and so I checked it. 
Oh, that's oh, hilarious, Josh, because I remember I this. You. It was yeah, really but anyway. cool everything. Sorry, Josh. But yeah, it was like, you know, the last Super Bowl was attended by like 1,500 people, 40 some of which were Boy Scouts that were, you know, were given comp tickets and something like that. But yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, the, the greatest teams from that point on were all played against each other. And, you know, people could do almost infinite possibilities of who versus who. So he's 20, he was 26 years old when he Oh, bloody hell. Oh, that's, that brings back memories, Josh. Thanks for that. Dude, are, are we going to like, you know, go into a time machine and if you could kill Hitler, well, let's, let's, let's think about him to what write we it. can do to, or, or maybe just, oh, that's right. Cause he's a huge Jets fan. Yes. He is, he is some such a masochist. Reason. Oh, Lord. Anyway. Yep. The last Super Bowl. I remember that one. I remember uh-huh. reading that one. Oh, yeah. And the last year was 2016. How hilarious. Uh, anyway. Sorry. There you go. Hey, they uh, actually brilliant. had real sportcast- muted, sportscasters um, actually call uh, call the uh, iRacing series. It was actually... You know, to you know, bookend what you were saying about real sportscasters, but yeah. If any sport were to go virtual this. and be just as in, engaging for fans, I can't imagine anything better to start with than racing. Especially if you've ever yeah. played, even if you're not a fan of NASCAR. I got into NASCAR because a relative of mine was super into it and was playing the Papyrus Racing Series games, the NASCAR games from Sierra. And when NASCAR 2002 came out, that was he was totally into this. I got a copy of it. I bought myself a racing wheel. I had a Momo. Started off with a Microsoft Sidewinder Force feedback wheel, and it was fantastic. And from for that era, the graphics were good enough to be completely immersive when you were actually inside and racing. And there's so much that goes into it: the setup, the decisions you make about how the car is going to handle. And adapting it to the racetrack you're going to be racing on and learning the techniques, learning how racing actually works, where most of it is just strategy and positioning. It's not just straight up trying to go as fast as you can. It's making smart decisions about when to pit, how much fuel to take on and how much grill tape to put on the car and and all these other things that that I had no idea about just seeing NASCAR on TV where I suddenly had a totally different level of appreciation for it and i the the way that graphics have accelerated now i was playing uh uh, what is it assetto corsa on the ps4 Mm -hmm. and that is so close to reality now just on a ps4 that a a state-of-the-art racing experience with a a high-end pc is indistinguishable from the real thing so I would sit and watch yeah, it's it. It's really unfortunate iRacing can't get its physics to combine with Codemaster's graphics. Because that would be really, really nicely immersive. But iRacing has issues when you're watching it. But unfortunately, Codemaster's F1 is not nearly as accurate of a sim. Yeah, there's a difference between a racing game and a racing sim. Yeah. Yes. What we, what we were just showing there was a set of course uh, uh, 
PC gameplay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, eSports has been around for a while now, and it's massively popular. It's a billion-dollar industry. Uh, but it's... I would agree with one of those statements. Well, I mean, it's like the... It's the much... It's, yeah, it's big now. Yeah, it's getting bigger. Of, they're, they're betting on it now. Um, yeah. But the problem is the content. Like... You will. I'll never care to watch somebody play Fortnite or even you know any any shooter like on League a of Legends level or whatever. Yeah, no. I, I don't yeah. care about that. Uh, but I might watch, and I and I'm not. I don't follow NASCAR or racing in general. But I might watch that. I might watch other digital analogs to traditional sports like hockey or something. Although again, that's a, a bit of a layer beyond. Because you're, it's physical movement instead of operating a vehicle, but but this is this is a way to introduce esports to a whole new generation who wouldn't have cared or seen uh, about the the kind of esports we've had up till now. But I'd much From rather a, uh, introduce Josh to Morel's The Hunt and watch him play that. What's that? As as a, it's, it's literally a game about mushroom picking. Like, <laughs> that's all that it is. It, it would be better than you on Skyrim. Okay. <laughs> All right. Those are morels. Yeah, they're tasty it's a, too. It's Wait, are you play. currently hunting them? What is happening here? Oh, okay. It's just a preview video. Okay. You know, I, I did not have the game queued up and ready to go. Just, oh, okay. Just, I, I thought maybe it was a web game. You know, so it's no, a walking simulator. You got to buy it on Steam. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Steam and walking simulator. Some people love Literally. it. Skyrim. Is well, look, there's a morel, dude. You're not just. Wait, you're using insect spray in the game. Yeah, well, yeah you the don't want Yeah, Dude, you don't he totally want to, missed you don't want to a morel. Yep, he did. Anyway, go back, go back. Apparently, they had some mycologists on this, so it's actually relatively good for the mushrooms you would find on the spot that you would actually find them. Wow. Or we could watch you pick mushrooms in Skyrim. And start making school. This sounds better than the coach simulator. You know that flight simulator where you're just stuck in coach with a nearly dead phone in airplane mode. I think it's actually called airplane mode. Find that on yes. Steam. If you enjoy that sort of thing, go play the Stanley Parable. That's, Which is free on Epic, I think, still. Go oh. go play that. Hey, my, my last racing plug is is a, a, a game that I backed many years ago. It's still very playable. Excellent, excellent sim. Uh, very uh, kind of off the beaten path, uh, supported by a bunch of uh, independent developers out of Europe. It's called Live for Speed or Live for Speed LFS. Go check it out. LiveforSpeed.net. Let me ask you this. Have have you joined the PC Per Josh Tech Dirt Rally 2.0 club to to race? I haven't. I haven't, but I'm not much of a dirt racer, but I could give it a try. You're going to make me break out the Momos again. Live for speed. Yes, these am. guys, these guys do an extremely good job at at a racing sim. It's not a racing game, although you do race, you know, mm-hmm. with other people and over the network, or you can race uh, on your own network against other people, which is what we used to do in in this particular game. It's it's really good physics. So, Josh, if you like a good racing uh, racing game with decent physics, give that a spin. I is yes, it dirt two or dirt four, Josh? Uh, Dirt Rally 2.0. I think and I've got CR. It is uh, very much a sim. It's Collins, right? Yeah. What? Is it Colin McRae? That's, that's 
Colin McRae hasn't been no. injured for 11 plus years. Well, I probably still no, have that. No, more than that. So Dirt <laughs> Rally still have that on, on CD. last year. Yeah, okay. I, I, I have it over here, which I pulled right. out a couple of weeks ago. But anyway, uh, DR 2.0, very much, I mean, they call it the Dark Souls of, of sim racing. It's, oh. uh-huh. it is rough. Yeah. And it's, 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 from my perspective, it's pretty accurate in terms of physicality. They have individual uh, tire physics for the surface and momentum and, yeah, everything. It's cool. It's pretty good. And it looks nice. Can you nice. play the guy that just gives instructions? Uh, no. <laughs> Only if you have an English accent. Right. Scottish accent. Fix that. Yeah. Scottish. It's Sorry. Scottish. No, I was asking because I, I just uh, the humble bundle this week was just drive that I posted to, but it's got like cars two and three and dirt four, but it doesn't have dirt rally two. Yeah, it's, it's got dirt four. And yeah, yeah dirt yeah, four is okay, but it's it's more arcadey than sim. Yeah, and Project Cars is just stupidly pretty, but not necessarily great. Well, so you, you really have a team. You really have a team? Yeah. Um, are you talking to me? No, I, I've got a. Yeah, I've got yeah. a group. Let me po- post that. We got a club that races yeah. against each other. That would be fun. I would definitely put the wheels out again. There you go. Yes, as Jeremy just indicated too. Another link you'll want to check out if you haven't already is howmuchtoiletpaper.com. So you indicate the number of rolls you have. Uh, and the number of times you go, of course, there's advanced options, too, like how many wipes per trip on normal and how many sheets per wipe. And maybe you, you have a non-standard size roll, so how many how many sheets on a roll? People in the household, how much time you expect to be in quarantine, and it'll tell you, uh, you know, how, uh, how, much, how long, uh, on average, uh, you should last uh, based on your current supply. And, and be honest. If, you're really, if you really want to know how much... Uh, how long you have? Be honest. Be honest with how many squares you use. Yep. You know. Don't lie to you your don't doctor count, or this website. If you don't count, maybe it's time to start counting. Maybe you should be one of the. You should start folding. Can, can, can we hurry up? At home. I really got to go to the bathroom. Yep. Right. <laughs> so the, uh, that website, like we will, of course, will data mine the hell out of you. So uh, we'll just uh, leave right. it at that. But thanks everyone for joining us this week. We hope we've given you lots of ideas for games to play. And uh, like I said, we may try to get a. a Twitch stream or some sort of community you know, gaming thing, streaming going. Uh, but uh, please continue to stay safe, continue to stay healthy, uh, do what you can, and, and support those local businesses in your, in your community, if, if you can. Uh, I understand some people are on the short end of this uh, than others, but uh, uh, we're glad you could join us. We, we wish you all the best, and we hope to see you here next week. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.